Welcome to the Musician's Venture Podcast. This is a podcast focused on lessons learned from musicians' backstories, as well as from building successful careers in the music business. My name is Nick O'Brien, and I'll be interviewing artists and industry experts and offering insights based on events that Wisconsin Music Ventures has produced. On occasion, I'll be joined by Allison M., the founder of Wisconsin Music Ventures, as she and I will dive into topics relevant to the music industry. So let's get down to business. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I am the host of the podcast, Nick O'Brien, and uh, joining me today, uh, uh, a very special guest, uh, the, the the former host of the podcast and owner of Wisconsin Music Ventures, Allison M. Uh, always uh, kind of look forward to an opportunity to, to jam with Allison on, on things, so I'm happy uh, that she could be here with me today. Hi, Allison. Hey, Nick. Good to be here. Good to see you. Yeah, you as well. You as well. So, um, uh, as as the I'm guessing a, a, a few of you listeners know that there's been a transition recently with uh, the with the, the musicians venture podcast with um, Allison kind of handing over so so graciously handing over the reins to the to the to the podcast microphone or of the podcast microphone to to myself um, and I've I've done three musician interviews so far in in the past month of, of kind of um, you know leading the the podcast and. Uh, those have been incredibly enlightening conversations. Uh, certainly, three different kinds of musicians, um, right. and but three very, very talented musicians. Uh, two Wisconsin Music Ventures members, and and then one one musician from from Eugene, Oregon, and and Cucullin. Um, But we've also interviewed Ben Moana and and Kulla as well. Um, and I think we, you know, Allison and I thought we'd just kind of uh, take a, a few moments here to kind of like reflect on those episodes and and different insights that had uh, come to the surface through those conversations um, that I thought were interesting and that would probably be um, a good entry point for some for some discussion between Allison and I, um, more or less from the from the perspective of my not actually being a musician but a music lover, mm-hmm. and Allison uh, obviously being a very very talented and and trained musician and and has spent you know a lot of her life in that realm, um, and so I think there are some insights that uh, I'd like to pick Allison's brain on just to see how. <laughs> Uh, similar or dissimilar, some of the insights that I've picked up on from these last three musician interviews are with with other interviews that she's done in the past, or just conversations that she's had with musicians. So yeah. let's start there. Um, you know, Allison, um, as we were discussing before, you know, we we started the recording here. Um, you know, the one thing that stuck out to me in the three interviews that I've done so far is that there's this internal pull from these musicians to to the pursuit of music as as a life, not just as a as a business or as a career or a hobby, but um, both uh, Ben and Kukula or Kula and Kukulin, um just it it seemed like they it wasn't necessarily much of a choice. Uh, it was some sort of of internal pull or or dare I say even obligation um, to uh, to pursue music. Uh, it makes them happy, but it almost it's almost like they would be unhappy if they weren't doing it. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess from your perspective, Allison, like how does that resonate with you as a musician? And then you know, kind of putting on your other hat, uh, how does that um, kind of align with conversations that you've had with other musicians and just kind of the the being that is a musician that you're familiar with? 
Yeah, yeah. And I think that hit the nail on the head. And that's that's really not uncommon with a lot of musicians that have, you know, appeared on the podcast or that we work with in Wisconsin Music Ventures. And I know that at least a couple of, uh, on the podcast have mentioned this saying that is um, that uh, that is common in the industry is that um, you're often told not to do music unless you can find yourself not being able to resonate with anything else at all because it is so taxing and so difficult to get into. But if you really can't imagine yourself doing anything else, then you know it's for you um, and you will put everything you have into it um, because you are passionate about it. Um, but again, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. So, uh, so, and I think that is, uh, is something that all three of those artists, um, really spoke to. And, uh, and I myself am the same way. I, you know, even, you know, I guess I started with Guns and Music Ventures when I couldn't necessarily pursue my own performance at the level that I wanted to, but I couldn't imagine doing something not in music. Uh, so I started my own business around music. <laughs> so, um, and, and I'm, you know, grateful to be seeing a few more performance and, and music opportunities again, which is one of the reasons that you're taking on this podcast, but, um, you know, I, um, yeah, I can't I personally, I can't imagine not doing anything, uh, besides music. So I think that's, answering a little bit of your question yeah absolutely and 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 you know just kind of some of my perspective on that as it came up in those conversations um uh and and as i'm reflecting on what you're saying um here now uh it, it the word purpose comes to mind for mm -hmm. me um you know i'm i'm someone in in my creative you know professional pursuits uh, that is definitely driven by purpose um i felt i feel very fortunate to have kind of had purpose slapped me in the face, you know, um, about eight years ago. And I, it, there was this feeling inside of me when I was doing this work that I had never experienced before. And I could not, you know, I could not even begin to think where I may uh, source that type of feeling um, in any other area of, of life, really, uh, let alone um, an area of professional pursuit. And, and so that was resonating kind of uh, thought for me during these conversations of just like you, 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 they're using different words to kind of explain and, and, and exemplify purpose. Um, and I think purpose is so important in life in general, but uh, certainly in, in, in what you're doing professionally, because you do uh, your job or the, your professional work for a large portion of your day, your week, your month, your year, your, your life. And if you're not feeling purpose driven in the work that you're doing, um, then I'm 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 not really sure what you're doing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's something that, as I said, it came out for me um, as a word um, that that kind of represented what they were what they were explaining as purpose. And I feel that the purpose that's behind musicians comes through so clearly um, on stage. And when they're talking about like their their own music and just kind of thinking about um, the the career and the life that music has shaped for them, um, it's very passion filled, and it's almost like how do I say? There's 
I don't mean this in a negative sense, but there's like kind of a, a closed mindedness to like anything else. It's, there's just this intense mm-hmm. focus and, 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 and kind of presence with what they're doing. Um, and, and I think, you know, the, all three of those musicians, um, you know, particularly, you know, Ben and Culla, because I've seen them play live more than I've seen um, Kukulin, it comes out on stage and it's so endearing. Mm-hmm. I physically feel myself leaning in mm-hmm. um, when I'm, when I'm, you know, kind of watching them perform because their authenticity of the purpose and the passion behind their work, behind their, their pursuit is, it's just so evident. Yeah. And I think, you know, even as an audience member, um, you know, I was recently at a show um, where I saw a couple other people. uh, I saw actually John Justice was there uh, in attendance, but um, we were attending a show last weekend where um, some musicians that we know were, were performing and they, you could just feel the energy in the room um, and the Jorge, I don't know if you've ever met Jorge, but he was, um, Jorge Valentine, he was the headliner performer and, um, you could just tell everyone was there for him. Everyone was supporting him, but he had the room, the room's attention. Like, I mean, you could hear a pin drop, you know, when he wasn't performing or even when he was, because he just, he was so soulful and, um, and just, you know, passionate about his performance and his mission for being there. Um, and it's just, you know, the audience really responds to that. Um, when you don't have that in your music, um, I, I think that it really makes a difference and, and the audience can also tell. So just thought totally. I'd mention that. And and I you know I have a, a, a much 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 more experience on on the um, you know kind of the audience side obviously than than the than the performance side, um, but I, I can't remember which episode it was in that I was that that came up of just like um, you know the 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 concert environments that are listening environments. And it's not like, you know, a musician that's in a corner of a bar where there's a lot of other, you know, stimulation happening. This is, you know, like you, you explain this with, with Jorge's show, just like there's there's a there's a shared experience and everyone is there um, for the same purpose. There's an alignment there, which I think brings this collective energy, you know, to the forefront and everybody's feeling um, not only the musician and, and the authenticity and passion behind their work, but then also everyone else's purpose of being there. Mm-hmm. And there's this, like I said, shared experience, which I think really heightens, um, you know, our senses to be able to pick up on, you know, intricate things that uh, that are in a part of the of the performance, whether it's the story that an artist tells before uh, they play the song that they're, you know, that they're that they, that. that that that's coming up next, or um, even the 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 different notes and and things like that. Like I, you mentioned, John Justice. There was a show. Um, it was a few weeks back. Now it was a, a Ukraine benefit show at Anodyne in in Milwaukee, and um, unfortunately, I wasn't there to witness this. But I got there a few moments afterwards, and it was what everybody was talking about. John was playing, and he broke a string during a song, and he um, he just kept playing and no one would have noticed that he broke a string 
if hmm. if he hadn't have said anything because his 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 recovery was just so flawless and it was just like out of everything that you know every note that he played every every lyric that he sang like that was the thing that people zoomed in on of just his like flawless recovery of you know something that didn't go that that way and to me that's that just kind of brought to the surface again of like just total presence of of him and everyone else there kind of seeing him and not seeing like the mistake so to speak or the you know the 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 negative aspect of of that song um, and there was a, just a deeper level of appreciation for John as a musician uh, that I was witnessing coming from everyone else because of his ability to kind of stay present and uh, and and work through that moment. But I think you only experience those those kind of feelings and that presence when there is that like shared collective experience where people are there for the same purpose as the musician is there for. Yeah. And I would actually like to bring up, um, and as we're recording this, it's a Thursday and the episode that came out today is an interview that I did with a pianist uh, who's in Canada right now, Martin Mayer. Um, although he was born in, if I'm recalling this correctly, the Czech Republic, um, he talked about how he doesn't take shows that um, that he doesn't feel would fit in his mission or that he wouldn't feel passionately about um, because he doesn't want that to ruin what he does as a musician. He doesn't want to um, feel disingenuous about what he does. Um, and I think that's, and, and that, I mean, to his credit, and he's a full-time musician um, uh, and that says a lot because I think a lot of people feel obligated to take every gig that comes along because you have to make money as a musician. But then I think that's where a lot of people start getting jaded about the industry because there's people that just, you know, you end up taking those gigs where no one's paying attention to you. No one's listening to your your music that you put so much time and effort into the lyrics and into the presentation. And then no one cares, you know, but because it's just because of the type of gig that it is. Uh, it's not because of anything personal. Um, and so I think that that's a, a really wise thing to do. Um, but it's gotta be hard sometimes, uh, and, and you've got to really, um, have a plan for making, you know, making a living in other ways or making, uh, yeah. And in, in his case, he does, he, he's a composer and he writes music that is also for sale and he, his shows are really pretty big when he does go on tour. So he can, um, probably, you know, sell, um, higher ticket sales and things like that. But, uh, yeah, it, it was really interesting talking with him about that. So, um, I hope everyone has a chance to hear that episode as well. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I remember you uh, telling me about it. Um, and I'm, I'm eager, I'm eager to listen to it. Uh, cause it's, he sounds like a, an incredible musician and, um, hearing this kind of backstory of, uh, you know, the, the intention that he brings behind uh, or brings to like the shows that he does, it makes me even more intrigued uh, to listen to the episode. Yeah. And he's actually a really, uh, it was a really fascinating interview. And one of the things we, we discussed as well is um, how he does not put his music on Spotify um, intentionally because he believes that Spotify does a disservice to musicians in how little it pays to musicians. Uh, he uses Apple Music because they pay more appropriately. Um, but 
a lot of people might say, you know, that's a huge missed opportunity. Everyone uses Spotify to justify, you know, uh, your existence as a musician and like, you know, all these other things, but he feels very principled against, you know, you, you know, not doing that because uh, it's just uh, that's, yeah. Why weren't, um, yeah, by, by being on that platform, it says you're okay with what they're doing in, in his mind. So, um, you know, he's just, a, yeah, again, very principled kind of guy. Which is very yeah. And as you mentioned that, that has to be um, pretty tough um, and I and I would imagine that the musicians who are in the earlier stages of their career, um, it's even more difficult because you know they're trying to one uh, you know gain a following mm-hmm. and and two like make money and and if you're living in a in a city or a region where you know most of the opportunities for you to play music and and, and be paid to gig um, are are in non kind of listening oriented environments like the bars um you know how how does one stay disciplined to those principles um when they're up against you know how does this make sense on paper for me like i gotta (laughs) i gotta have more fans i need to make money doing this um and it's interesting because that conversation has come up a lot with uh you know just kind of offline uh chats that i've had with musicians particularly about um, you know, Wisconsin's music scene and, and, and even more specifically to, to Milwaukee's music scene, because there, there is a lot of venues out there um, that will will pay you to gig, but they're not necessarily listening in environments. And, um, but, you know, that's certainly not the case for WMV shows or like, mm-hmm. um, like So Far Sounds, or I know like, you know, Mile of Music is 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 pretty adamant about you know attendees also respecting you know the the musicians and 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 taking your conversations outside or having having them elsewhere. Um, and you, I just have so much appreciation for the venue owners that do kind of exhibit that that type of culture um, because I think that culture needs to be more widespread. Um, oh, for the benefit of the musicians, one, but you know, I don't know many music fans or live music fans, I should say, that would prefer music in a bar setting versus music in, you know, one of these more listening oriented mm-hmm. environments. So it, it seems to be a culture that is best for everyone that, <laughs> that is um, associated with the music industry. And, um, you know, I, I think it just takes uh, more more venues like that um, to kind of again, like push that culture and and have it become a little bit more widespread uh, for the benefit of all. Yeah. And, but it is, it is tricky on the bar owners and the venue owners side, because, um, you know, how right now, how most of them make the money is off of the drink sales and things like that. So, uh, unless they have a really good ticketing system and can support that. And usually, um, in the ticketing side, ticket sales only make up like about 25% of what they end up being able to pay the artists. Um, so uh, it's, it's a really, it's a tough world. <laughs> yeah. You no. Know, so it's, it's, there's a lot more that goes into it than meets the eye for, you know, getting good gigs and getting um, support for the artists. But, um, but, you know, I think it, by just raising, you know, one of the things I, I was just talking about this with someone, I don't even remember who, um, but one of the things I, I think that we like to think we're doing with Wisconsin Music Ventures is just 
you know, when people see the list of member musicians that we have, um, and that that list is very public, you know, and I encourage people to go to that list and see who we work with, see all these amazing musicians. Um, and, and this is only a small fraction of the artists that are out there um, in Wisconsin. Um, but it's, uh, but everyone there is incredible. But the more people realize like how many great artists we have here, that maybe the more we'll start getting more support from other avenues and, and um, you know, granting foundations or public support or things like that um, as people start to realize what we have here, um, what original music we have here that needs especially more support um, because it's just the nature of, of what it is. And, uh, and then that we wanna keep this here uh, as much as we can, as opposed to, you know, letting some of these musicians head off to Nashville or New York or et cetera. So, um, but it starts with just letting people know that they're out there. Um, and it, it has been interesting seeing some people's reactions to, wow, I had no idea we had so many great musicians, you know, as they're looking at um, our musician page. And it's like, you have no idea. This is just a drop in the bucket. Yeah. yeah 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 it's um that reminds me of uh um you know a post i had seen in the wmb musician group uh on facebook uh of of how you know a, a, a pretty um you know high level musician i think it was one of the founding members of the plain white tees if i'm not mistaken who had found a few bands and musicians on uh, oh, right. Wisconsin music ventures mm -hmm. uh, musician page on the website and has has just kind of raved about how beneficial it is to have like kind of a, a one-stop shop to kind of go and find you know local musicians um and it's just a credit to uh, your vision and 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 your work and the team's work to get um uh, wmv where it's at um and i think it, this is just we're just scraping the surface like you said this is just the tippy top of of what's out there um and uh so props you know like yeah. I, I smiled ear to ear when i read that post <laughs> thank you yeah and i and i i don't expect that every person in wisconsin is ever going to be in, involved with us you know it's not necessarily everyone's thing and there's lots of other great organizations doing comparable similar things and but but it is just really nice like i said to just help people who are not necessarily musicians or aware of the scenes out there realize um, what is what we have here um, and from what parts of the state and things like that. Um, but another topic I was uh, going to, to going to raise here based on some of the podcasts and I'm throwing in uh, my solo shows occasionally here as well. Um, and I'll continue to do that as I uh, think of topics and and kind of similar to the Martin Mayer thing. If if there is a musician that I have a strong relationship with or that I've talked with in the past, I might hop on with an interview uh, occasionally here. But really, Nick is going to be taking the reins here. Um, but something that I wanted to just touch on briefly is um, a theme that came up both in Ben Moana's podcast and also Martin Mayer's is um, the theme of taking risks, I think. And, and, you, and if I missed it in one of the others, you can let me know. 
and this is certainly something that came up in other recent uh, podcasts or other podcasts of ours too. Um, but I, you know, I, I listened to Ben talk about that, that gig in Minneapolis that you took for $25 in a meal, um, <laughs> you know, and uh, for Martin Mayer, he talked about, uh, I mean, he lives in Canada, but his, his audience, like no one in Canada in, um, in British, in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia knows who he is, but if he goes to China, he's a freaking celebrity and, um, that's where his following is. And had he not, uh, agreed to try a show there, uh, you know, trying this, this, you know, he got something in the mail saying, Hey, um, people here really seem to like your music. Um, would you consider coming out here for a show? It looked a little shifty to him at first. He's like, I don't recognize this booking agency. Um, but after doing a little research, um, he said, well, let's try it out and see what happens. Um, and ever since then, he's had a huge following in China and he does massive shows there. Um, and it's become his huge niche. Um, and and same with I mean Ben Ben and I mean it was not a very different story obviously but uh, you know one thing led to another and these gigs that you know his wife was telling him you better come back making more than gas money <laughs> um, you know the right person was there at the right time and one thing leads to another and all of a sudden he's getting radio time he's getting you know, booked all sorts of new great places. And, um, you know, you have to really consider the pros and cons to some of these places and really, um, I mean, yes, a lot of these risks are going to cost you time and sometimes money, but if they don't cost you too much time or too much money, what is, I mean, the, the, the upside could be really huge. Um, and to just bounce off of that a tiny bit, uh, one of the solo shows that I uh, discussed was on mentorship. And I would really um, recommend in, in conjunction with this risk-taking idea, um, if you're ever in a position where you have uh, a possibility of doing something like your first tour to China or, <laughs> and you're really not sure about it. Uh, it seems really uncertain, um, you know, but, but what if it could be the greatest thing of your life as, as it was for Martin Mayer? Um, you know, if you have a strong mentor or someone in your life who you can ask, to just run these scenarios by, um, that can also be extraordinarily helpful because then you can get a little um, validation. Um, often they'll probably, you know, tell you as, as similar to what I was saying, you know, is, as long as you're not having to foot the bill or as long as you're not having to, um, you know, give up, uh, your brand or, you know, I, there's all sorts of possibilities there, but, um, what's the worst that, that could happen, but also check in with someone just in case, um, just in case, because every now and then there are reasons to not take, take those risks. Um, yeah, I just thought I'd, I'd bring up. Those yeah, things. no, 
it's interesting. A few things come up for me. Um, one is, you know, just in, even in my life, like I, I don't necessarily look at those opportunities, like, you know, uh, flying to China or, or, or been, you know, driving up to Eau Claire for 25 bucks in a, in a meal as like a risk. I think, um, you know, as a fellow creative, you just look at, like you said, the upside. Um, and it, as you said, like, it's the right place, right time, right person that hears your your music or or is has become exposed to your to your work. You, um, that's 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 all it, that's all it takes. You know, it's just that 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 right place, that right time, that right person, and um, you know, then it, it takes me back to um, to a, a book. Uh, called the tipping point, uh, by Malcolm Gladwell, uh, about how things become, as he calls them like epidemics, you know, and how things spread so quickly and you need, you know, connectors and you need salespeople and mavens. And there's like these three types of people. Um, and it sounds like, um, you know, in China for Martin, there was, you know, probably a handful of those who were just evangelizing the the hell out of uh, his music and, 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 and exposing it to other people. And, and the same with Ben, you know, he, he reflected on that experience of when he was playing at, um, I think it's, uh, I think it was the Acoustic Cafe mm -hmm. um, in Eau Claire. And, you know, uh, the owner of another venue was ha happened to be in there and was like, holy cow, like, you've got to come play at this open mic. And, and then he played at the open mic and people loved them. And then he brought him back and mm -hmm. paid him well. And it was just, it just kind of took off so, 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 uh, so quickly. And I credit that to, you know, maybe Ben's wife, you know, had more of a closed minded approach on that opportunity, but it seemed Ben was just looking at it so open mindedly, like no expectations, but just kind of like, I'm doing this, I've made this decision, you know, no regrets, something is going to come of it. I don't know what, uh, but just stay staying focused on, you know, the experience itself and opening yourself up to the opportunities that are out there. Um, whatever they may look like, whoever they may come from, uh, it, it seems to, uh, to support that type of mindset seems to not only support, but lead to great things like we've talked about with, 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 uh, with Martin and with Ben. Um, and, and another thing that comes up for me is, um, oh, and now it's a fleeting thought. It's like leaving me. Um, <laughs> um. Gosh, I wish I hate when this happens. Um, I'll think of it. No worries. Come back to it. Um, yeah. So, so uh, another thing that came up in the in the episodes that I I kind of wanted to to touch on was, um, you know, this sense of of musicians, or at least the ones that I've I've interviewed thus far, um, being kind of self taught, you know, and, and not necessarily having like a super strong academic background in music, uh, although you know, color you know, he, he, he kind of, it was a product of his being part of a, of a musical family. Um, and, and I think he, he, he begged his mom for piano lessons at like age, like four or five or something like that. It was super early in his life, but he, you know, he kind of taught himself, um, you know, the engineering side of music because he, he found so much joy in it. And he said, I'm going to stop playing video games and start just, you know, kind of me messing around with, with different music. 
uh, and different sounds. And then he and then he goes to you know to, to Trinity in Ireland for music theory, and he kind of you know went and you know subsequently like supported his self-taught musicianship um, with some academic training as well. But I, I guess in your experience, Alice, and obviously I know you're academically trained in, in your musicianship, but like what's been your experience kind of um, interacting with musicians who are, and, and those that are self-taught versus those that are academically trained. And, and do you think that there's uh, more musicians that are self-taught or more that are academically trained, or are there any sort of um, kind of outcomes that you see trends in that are coming from one, uh, one side of that or the other? Um, I think with the classical world, um, it's much more common to work with private instructors and, and things like that and have the classroom training. And um, anything outside of classical, uh, sometimes jazz, it's, it's more encouraged as well. Um, but beyond that, uh, there, most musicians are more self-taught. There are certainly teachers available. Uh, for all of those other options as well. Um, but I think it's a lot more common to to see the self-taught thing happening. Um, but if you're reading music at any level, that tends to go along with um, being trained with someone typically. Um, and then also, but but there's definitely reasons to work with teachers and and to use them in any genre, whether you're reading music or not. Uh, there's skills to learn. There are um, techniques to learn, uh, and and you might be playing, you know, for example, in a way that might be injuring yourself. Um, that can be very common um, that you might not realize. So working with someone who's uh, a true professional. Uh, who might have had a little training as well, um, can, can, te can teach you things such as how to not injure yourself while you're playing, if you're doing a ton of playing for your work, which most of us are. So, um, but, and beyond that, um, you know, working with instructors, um, it's, it's just another networking piece and it's such a great networking tool. It's, it's you know, an instant mentor and the mentors, uh, the teachers, are at least in the classical music world, um, that is a great way to get your foot in the door in different places. You know, if you take a lesson with someone, uh, and yes, it's you have to spend a little money to do so. Often they will, you know, they'll hear you play, and then they'll be able to recommend you for something in doing that. So um, that's just a little word on on that topic, but. Uh, yeah, not uncommon for um, self-taught, especially in the age now of YouTube videos and everything else that that's out there, uh, and and everything yeah. is available online. It's just it's it's interesting um, uh, in the in the instances when I have attempted to um, to learn to play an instrument, mm -hmm. uh, it was you know I was not just picking up a guitar and and strumming and trying to figure it out myself. But I also, I, I did work with actually, um, I think it was in the the summer of 2019, I actually took some formal like guitar lessons from from Paul. Yeah. Um, 
Paul, is it Tarian? Tarian. 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 Yeah. 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 And and I subsequently crossed paths with him via Wisconsin Music Ventures, and I was like, ah, I know you from somewhere. Where do I know you from? And, and I remember <laughs> that he was my guitar teacher for a few months. Um, but but anyway, other than that, like it's more or less been just me having a friendship with somebody who plays guitar. And I'm like, Hey, would you show me a few things? And that dates all the way back to high school when I first picked up a guitar at like 14 and was like playing with a friend. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of that too, with, with, you know, quote unquote, self-taught musicians who are um, more or less a product of the people that they surround themselves with. Um, mm -hmm. And, and they pick up music because they observe someone else doing it. And they say, Hey, I'd like to do that too. Could you show me a few things or even just fellow um, band members who, I mean, I've, I've, I've crossed paths with plenty of musicians who only played one instrument when they get, when they joined a band, but in, you know, in a matter of months, they were playing other instruments because, you know, uh, they were exposed to people who were playing those instruments and thought it would be, um, a nice, uh, kind of progression or evolution of, of their musicianship. Um, is that something that's, that you've experienced in, 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 in your career, or do you have, uh, you know, particular musicians that come to mind that have just been like a sponge of the people around them and have have been able to improve their uh, their music uh, ability because of that. Because of learning from the people around them. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, and and I might see it because uh, I, I am a private instructor as well. But it's uh, it's yeah. There's there's definitely people that. Um, have a real desire to learn and and pick it up quickly and easily. And it's, it's so much fun to watch that happen. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good example right now, but uh, I mean, there's definitely students I've had that, that come to mind, but uh, as far as just the scene, most of the, the times when I've come across people, I mean, I think what I can think of right now, the first person who comes to mind is Jenna Kapitsky, who's a, a green room member. And uh, she is a drummer from the Fox Valley area. And she is just incredible. And she is like, if you know her, you kind of know what I'm talking about. She is just, uh, if there's something that's like even greater than a sponge, <laughs> um, I she would be that. She just is so eager to learn. Um, she's an incredible drummer. She is just a fiery personality, but she also wants to learn the business so much. She's, you know, um, she was asking me, I saw her a couple weeks ago at a show that she was playing for uh, Johnny T-Bird and the MPs at the Mayfair Collection. She was playing in that band. Uh, that was one of our shows. And um, she was like, Allison, I want to get an, uh, an internship in, in Nashville. Uh, do you know anyone down there? And I was like, I, I know a few people that um, are connected down there that have done some things with us actually in online events here. Uh, so let me get you some information. And I was like, so when are you looking to do this internship? She's like, oh, it's next year, but I really want to get started. <laughs> you know, I want to, I want to make sure that I, I have some good connections and I have something ready. And I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> good on you for really thinking ahead. Um, <laughs> she's just like, so passionate about learning and uh, she's young she's still in college so uh, but she is just incredible um, and and I'm sure you know the way she is with with learning the business um, we in, in the talks that we've had she has been the same way as a drummer um, in learning from that route.
Yeah. And, and, you know, that brings up another memory of mine um, that has to do with Wisconsin music ventures. Um, I think it's about mentality uh, and, and that, that kind of, you know, constant, you know, um, desire to learn and to pick up things from other people, as opposed to like thinking that you, 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 you're there already and that, you know, you, you're at, you've reached your ceiling and that there's no, nothing else that you can learn. Um, so this, this instance that I remember is, um, I had, uh, recently met, uh, another local musician in Milwaukee, um, and uh they they the band that 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 this musician is in has started um kind of a grassroots musician group uh called Milwaukee Music Village and I mm -hmm. was going to meet him to just learn more about that effort and so I strategically hosted that um meeting right in the middle of when John Justice hosts Wisconsin Music Ventures um uh musician meetups and jam sessions at No Studios and uh, I thought, well, I'm going to just kind of organically expose him to this to this opportunity to meet a few other musicians, maybe jam a little bit. And I walk into no studios um, and 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 the musician is already on the stage with John with a guitar in his hand. And they're just jamming away, uh, recording it. And they're, you could just see the look on their faces. They were having a, a blast. Um, I think. It actually, uh, the musician thought that John was me at first. Um, and, and then when he, when I walked in, he was like, Oh, that's, you're not, you're not, you're not him and he's not you and <laughs> all of that. But, but, but after, um, after that, that instance, it, it came up in a, in a conversation I was having with John, uh, actually during, uh, uh, this month's, uh, virtual musician meetup that, that I host and how he was saying like, you know, this, uh, Ben Koshik is his name. Ben is an incredible guitarist for a local band called Tagera. And, and, and John is also a really, really, really great musician. And Ben had apparently, um, you know, seen John play before and, um, and was just admiring his, his chops. Right. And, and, and the same with, with John and Ben. And so there was this like kind of humility coming into this like impromptu jam session uh between the two of them where it's like john was feeling a little bit of anxiety because he was uh um perhaps a little concerned with uh with how he wasn't as good of a guitarist uh, or a musician as ben and ben was feeling the exact same thing and they had a, an exchange after that little impromptu jam session that was like they both were kind of saying, oh, yeah, I'd love to play with you more because, you know, you do things that I think are going to up my game. And and they were both saying the same thing. It was just so interesting that they're they're both, you know, approaching that situation as as sponges, as we've talked about. But but the other one, but they each thought that the other one was more advanced or was going to help them up their their musicianship in some way, shape or form. Uh, and it was just cool to kind of hear that reflection from John. Um, because there was a mutual respect from both of them, uh, toward the other one. Um, and there was this open-mindedness of like, I'm going to learn something from playing with this person and, and it's going to help me in the long run. So going back to, to the musician that you had mentioned, just that, like that desire to learn and, and never feeling though, that, you know, everything that you need to know. It, it's, I think it's so important to any creative pursuit, but particularly in music. Absolutely. Yeah, I could not agree more. Yeah. Cool. So let's uh let's kind of shift gears here a little bit. And uh and 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 we had kind of I mentioned this uh, a few minutes ago of just like getting Wisconsin music managers getting to the point that it's at right now. And you know, we're 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 I, I wanna say mostly through kind of the the valley that the um 
that the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, you know, kind of brought to the music industry and, and obviously Wisconsin Music Ventures had to adjust and pivot uh, um, to kind of uh, align with, with, with the circumstances. Uh, but now like, you know, it's, it seems like Wisconsin Music Ventures has really, um, you know, has a, has a stronger presence as of late uh, among people. Like I'm always out at shows wearing, you know, mm-hmm. WMV merch and, um, you know, people will walk up to me and say, oh yeah, I've heard about this before. Like, can you tell me more? Um, and, and it's just so exciting. It's, 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 uh, it's empowering to be a part of this. Um, but it's also gratifying because I know how hard you've worked and, 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 and your team has worked, um, to, to get to, to this point. So, um, with that being said, like there's still more coming, you know, and, and I'd like to take a couple of moments here to kind of dive into what is on the horizon for Wisconsin Music Ventures. Um, and, and, and the podcast itself, you had talked about mentorship. I, I know I'm working with a, a musician here in, in the Milwaukee area to try to catalyze a stronger music technology scene mm-hmm. as well. And yeah. trying to, you know, uh, obviously unify all the organizations and businesses and musicians that are involved in the music scene, as well as the technology scene. Um, and, and WMV is going to be a part of that as well. Um, so just like, tell us about what's on the horizon, Allison. Yeah, I mean, we're always, um, you know, and I just want to thank you for your part in, in what you do to, to help us and um, get the word out w- with us, uh, for us. And, um, you know, I it's, it's really been important for me to work with great people and people who are going to just be an extension of uh, the community that we have built. Um, and, and keep that community mindset going. Um, and, and that is truly, truly, you know, I know the word community can sometimes be overused or um, inappropriately used, but I really think that that is what we want to embody here. And, um, you know, a, a place where people, people help each other, people are very open-minded to working with each other. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and just working with, and work, you know, sometimes communities work with other communities as well. And, and so that's, uh, what we want to continue to keep doing. So, um, that being said, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, I can share that we have been doing even in the last week or two here is, um, I'm consulting on a project in. Uh, the Fox Valley area, which I'm really excited about. And uh, Isaiah, who is in the band Salmon Run uh, up there, um, he has uh, some property in Little Shoot, and he is working on a festival in uh, right there on his own property. And I'm helping to get some of that off the ground with him. And even in talking with him um, and... Um, being, you know, becoming aware of, of who's involved with this festival and, and who, um, and, and what he knows and his family is, his mom is opening a venue in Kimberly and, uh, we're looking at doing some musician meetups out of there actually, uh, to really kind of extend our, um, presence in the Fox Valley area. And so that's something that I think is on the horizon. Um, and who would have thought, like, I, you know, I, uh, you know, three weeks ago, this wasn't on my radar at all. So I'm just, you know, very, uh, open to any new opportunity and, um, 
as long as it keeps musicians at the forefront, that's really, uh, and our musician members, especially at the forefront, that's, um, that's what's always going to be priority. Um, just, you know, the growth of our musicians and musician network, um, increased opportunities for those working with us, increased visibility of those working with us, uh, uh, and increased collaboration. So, um, things like that. Cool. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think with the, um, you know, kind of the, again, I, I don't know, really know how to talk about this because I don't want to make it seem like that we're, we're, we're out of the pandemic and COVID-19 is still right. very much a real thing. Um, but, uh, you know, I feel like we, it, it's starting to normalize. So, um, you know, we're becoming less reactive to it. And, um, and so with that being said, like, you know, music is, is, is back in live performances and, and, and there's, you know, energy around it. Um, again, a stronger energy, maybe even stronger than what there was before. Um, and with that, um, like I kind of mentioned earlier in the podcast of like the intersection of my work kind of being, um, you know, between startups and, and music. And, and, and so there's so many uh, similarities that I'm noticing um, when I'm talking to startup founders, as well as when I'm talking to musicians, they're kind of on the same path. And so with that, um, you know, I've, I've been engaged in the, the Milwaukee tech scene, um, for, a, for a bit now, and I'm seeing opportunities to, to kind of bridge the gap between the music community and the tech community. And, and actually my interview with, with Kula, mm -hmm. uh, was kind of a catalyst for that. Um, Kula does a lot of really cool stuff with, with the tech side of the music industry in, um, you know, blockchain and sync licensing and, and things like that. And he's, he's working on some cool things that kind of sparked some, some ideas for me or sparked some observations, uh, of some opportunities to kind of, you know, unify the music and tech communities to, for the betterment of, of musicians and, and, and exposing them and engaging them with opportunities to use technology to, to grow their music business, as well as advance their careers. Um, and so with that, uh, Cull and I are kind of collaborating on a, a music tech um, like mini conference that we're, we're, we're aiming to have um, during Milwaukee Tech Week, uh, the first week of October. And uh, I'm growing a, a good deal of excitement uh, uh, for this. Um, I think with so many talented musicians and technology professionals in Milwaukee, um, it, it's it's kind of a disservice if we don't try to like bring them together, um, you know. And and so we're uh, we're we're endeavoring to to put on like a half day conference, um, you know, uh, in Milwaukee that looks at. Um, the musicians' uh, perspective on the use of technology in in, in their careers, uh, as well as the technologist's perspective on how they're kind of um, finding opportunities to use some of this emerging tech um, to, in in the application of music, and and so we're we're planning some fireside chats and some panels, and there's a there's a number of of music tech businesses and organizations in Milwaukee that, uh, you know, we're endeavoring to, to kind of showcase product demos of, and then of course, ending the conference with, with some music and a concert. Um, and, and so I'm excited about that. And I, I think it, it could, could absolutely be a catalyst for a stronger music tech scene in Milwaukee. Uh, and hopefully 
uh, will will nudge some musicians to consider the technology uh, that exists as uh, as a way to to progress their their careers. Um, how much music tech have you experienced and worked with, and oh and, and what's your perspective <laughs> on on the music tech scene and how beneficial it can be for for musicians? Oh, I am terrible with this, which is why I'm so glad that you are uh, taking the reins for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll tell you what what music tech I'm aware of, and this is such a classical musician answer. Um, I mean, I use Finale software for my composition and ar music arranging, uh, but that's about the extent. I know how to set up a keyboard with amplifier and like that kind of thing, uh, and I know how to uh, do this podcast with my microphone, but. Uh, <laughs> But that, and some days not even that, as uh, you've, as some of you probably heard with some of the, the um, sound quality and some of these, and uh, oh my gosh! So, um, and I, that is something I really want to actually improve for myself, and uh, it's on my list of um, when I have time, I really want to dig into MATC's um, program for music business and like take some classes to get myself more. Uh, schooled on this uh, type of thing because um, I know that they're really great with that and I am not. Um, that being said, like we at Wisconsin Music Ventures have done, um, you know, workshops on, you know, NFTs and um, Kala actually did a live streaming workshop for us way back in the day when Wisconsin Music Ventures were very early on, very early on in COVID when live streaming was such a, uh, a relatively new phenomenon, but Kala had been doing it for pretty well for a while at that point. So we, you know, we had him speak on it. Um, you know, some other workshops like that have, uh, you know, on technology so that people working with us could be well-versed. So that's about what I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, you know, the, certainly there's, there's, there's like the tech that, we all use in everyday life, you know, our phones, our computers, and and things like that, and 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 certainly that's different for musicians as they're working with you know uh, performance tech like microphones and you know amplifiers and 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 post production software and things like that. I think I'm really drawn to the potential um, that exists for musicians to learn how. Um, the 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 tech side of of the business um particularly in like the licensing you know area could be another source of revenue um mm -hmm. that is not necessarily based on you know how many gigs can i play this month or how many you know shirts can i sell or stickers or whatever it may be um and diversifying the income that, that, that comes from their music um in a, in a really you know, once you, it seems like once you got it figured out, um, it's, it's kind of passive, you know, it, there's a lot of automation and, and, and there's, um, you know, ways in which that you can connect with other musicians, uh, and, and collaborate, uh, you know, remotely and, and have that like benefit your, your bottom line, the, the bottom line of your business. And so, um, I know how hard it is for musicians to make a living by just gigging and selling merch, um, and so any other opportunities to, to help them with that, I think, uh, is, is beneficial to expose them to, um, particularly when it's, when it's intersecting with, 
you know, a, a seemingly never ending progression and evolution of technology in life and in business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's never going to go away. It's only going to going to be taking over more and more of what we do. And if we can figure out a way to monetize it and yeah, make it become a source of revenue. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. And, and, and even, you know, beyond that, um, uh, a regular revenue stream, a passive, uh, income stream, as opposed to, you know, what so much of the music industry or at least, uh, performing musicians rely on is, you know, this gig to gig kind of thing. Uh, and, and I think that the music tech side has real potential and it it definitely does already with uh, some of the platforms out there, uh, the passive income. Yeah. 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 I'm so, you know, that's, it's, I'm just excited for the events and for the energy. Cole and I were talking about it last night, um, as we were kind of ironing out some details, I was just like, I'm kind of putting myself, um, you know, in the room, you know, after a successful event and, 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 and are already able to kind of feel the energy, um, that, that I hope, uh, is generated at an event like this. And, um, and hopefully the, the tech side of things can, can help musicians become even more well-known, um, you know, in, uh, than they are in Milwaukee or Wisconsin and in, in, in the country, you know, maybe around the world. So um, I'm excited for, for that as well. Um, so kind of the last thing I wanted to touch on today was um, there's a pretty big music festival coming up yeah. in Wisconsin. Uh, you know, when this episode comes out, it will actually be, um, it will be starting, uh, you know, we're recording this a week before the start of the mild music festival in Appleton, Wisconsin. It will be in its ninth year. Um, I know you and I, Allison have talked about, um, just my, uh, insatiable love for the mile of music. It's, I think it's what's, uh, it's been a big influence and in what's drawn me to being the live music junkie that I am. Uh, I think it's an incredibly well put together festival with an incredibly intentional uh, goal and mission of, uh, you know, spotlighting original musicians in listening environments and doing so at a very large scale. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when you look at it in, you know, small town Appleton in Wisconsin, there are, uh, you know, 40 plus, you know, stages over the course of four days and, you know, more than 400 concerts and, um, you know, 200 plus bands from around the country. Uh, it's amazing. And I know that we have a handful of Wisconsin Music Venture musician members uh, who will be um, a part of that experience. And I'm anticipating that I will potentially run into uh, Wisconsin Music Venture patron members as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think I, I think in the, in, the, in the first episode that you and I did together, kind of introducing me to the podcast's following, uh, I spent some time talking about the level of community that exists at, the, at that festival, not just um, between the attendees of the festival or just between the musicians at the festival, because I think the festival does an incredible job of like keeping musicians, um, you know, engage with each other in environments that can connect them while they're not playing. Um, but also the level of community that exists between the musicians and the attendees, yeah. um, because the musicians are so accessible throughout the weekend you, you, you see them walking around, you know, College Avenue in downtown Appleton. And 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 some people, uh, I've picked up on this over the, I think this will be the sixth or seventh year I've attended this festival. Um, 
there's a game that people play when you're walking down College Avenue from venue to venue, and you observe people, uh, and and you pick, uh, is that a musician or is that an attendee? And you're kind of you're kind of uh, prompted to observe their attire and their their swagger, and and it's usually pretty clear who the musician is and who who the attendee is and so it's just another fun kind of mm-hmm. uh added experience to to the festival weekend but I, I i wanted to um you know just take a moment to kind of recognize some of the musicians the wmd musicians that are going to be playing there and then also share with uh with with listeners of the podcast that hey if you're going to be there uh, come find me because I'm going to be around uh, and and I'm going to do uh, my best to get some interviews with uh, WMV member musicians as well as patrons, just kind of um, taking in the experience that is Mile of Music. Um, and uh, and I'm excited, you know, to, to kind of be um, hopefully uh, bringing a, a WMV presence uh, to the festival by having an opportunity to interact with both musicians and and music lovers that are a part of Wisconsin Music Ventures. Are there any um, uh, musicians that jump out to you that uh, that you want to highlight that are going to be playing at at Mile of Music? Oh man, there's there's t- <laughs> I I want to see all of them, and I before I even. Um, talk about that. I just wanted to mention, um, I, um, I've become pretty good friends with a couple of the people that work at Milo Music. And one of the things I appreciate most about that festival is, um, they really take care of their musicians above and beyond, um, what most festivals do. They really put the emphasis on like, okay, this, this festival is here for the musicians. They bring in hospitality like crazy for the musicians whether it's like massages they have like dental care they have like you know anything under the sun um that you could think of that a musician could need or might not even have elsewhere um they they have thought of it and they have it there at the festival and i think that is just so cool um because i suspect that most other uh, venues or, or festivals that these musicians are playing at do not have that level of care um, for them. So, but back to the musicians. Um, you know what? I'll have to look at the list. Do you have the list handy? Um, Let me I know, pull up in the app. <laughs> yeah, I'm at, isn't Ben playing it at um, who you just I, talked I, with? Yes, I believe so. Um, yeah, but. Uh, and I'm pretty sure 7,000 Apart is going to be there. 7,000 Apart will be there. I know Ben Harold and the Rising will be there. Yeah. Um, I think Wise Jennings will be there. And they just played a show with us last night, and they were phenomenal. Uh, they are just hysterical. Um, oh, my gosh. I That is, like, the the most perfect festival for a duo like Wise Jennings. Uh, and, and if you... Oh my gosh! You, everyone needs to go see Wise Jack. Every anyone needs to see everyone. Everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, Wise Jack. Um, I, I, uh, Brett Newski is uh, is still a WMV member, correct? Uh, I don't know if we have him yet. So. Okay, well, I know he's playing there. Um, who else? I'm kind of scrolling through the app here. If you're a mild music uh, fan, or if you're attending this year and you don't have the app, I would highly encourage you getting it. Um, it makes the uh 
organized chaos of of the mile of music and all of the musicians and all of the venues so much easier to navigate um yeah. they think they've done an incredible job with this app and i i don't know why more festivals don't don't go that route speaking yeah, of music tech for sure um, and but, uh, i'll actually be in uh on vacation next week um or during during the bulk of this however we're going to be coming back through from Minnesota, which is where we'll be visiting. I have a lot of family in Minnesota and we'll be coming back through on Sunday. So I think we'll be able to make it on Sunday. Yeah. And, uh, so maybe I will see you around over there. Yeah. Well, you, you know how to find me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, yeah. So I'm still going through this list. I, you know, I think Tuan um, oh, yeah. is yeah. playing again. Um, and I, that's another thing I wanted to mention is that um, they're really starting to expand out to uh, different genres of music because original music tends to, you know, often we think of original singer songwriters, right? But every genre has its own original music. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it's... I mean, we would just we would we wouldn't have the Beatles without original music. I mean, <laughs> they were original at one time. You know, it's uh, every genre has it. So uh, I love that they're starting to incorporate hip hop. They're starting to incorporate some uh, some more eclectic like folk music. Some more, uh, I believe, even some more like meditation kind of music and things like that. So um, yeah, it's I mean. And anytime there is original music, we uh, it's really important to support it because there's it takes so much more work to get it off the ground. Similar as you were saying earlier, Nick, uh, to being a founder, a startup, you know that kind of thing. Any existing business, <laughs> they they know what to do. The it, the mold has already been made. <laughs> yeah, totally. And um, yeah, so. Yeah, like if we if we, if we can't uh, encourage you enough, or we haven't done so already, like just you know, if you if you've got even just a day to 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 go to Appleton and experience, I mean, there's really no reason not to. Uh, it's somehow a, a free festival, um, you know, you know that that's because the Appleton business community supports this festival so much. Um, and, and the venues that they're able to develop partnerships with, like, you know, go and, 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 and find some musicians that you've seen before and continue to patronize them and, 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 and tip them and, 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 and buy, you know, food and beverages from the venues that are hosting. And, and also like, I've always described my love music as a kind of my like discover yearly, you know, like the Spotify has the discover weekly, you know, playlist that kind of curates, um, you know, music that you may listen to or based on what you've listened to in the past. And I can't tell you how many times, how many years I've gone like the entire year of listening to musicians that I've was exposed to at Mile of Music. And it's gotten me, it's just such a good gateway, you know, for, for, for learning about musicians, um, new musicians. And then again, as I mentioned earlier, the access that you have to them, it's one of those few mm-hmm. environments where, you know, you can go up to a musician after the show and like, you know, go in the back alley behind the venue and just have a chat, you know, and learn more about their story and where they're from. And um, it's, it's, it's just a really cool experience for, for musicians and for music lovers. So, so go check it out. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So yeah, well, I think we I think we covered everything that we wanted to cover. Um, yeah, you want to talk is, a little bit about what you have coming up? Do you, I think you're going to be talking with Roxy, right? Yes. So I, I, I am. Uh, we're currently scheduling uh, an, an interview with uh, with Roxy. Um, uh, Roxy Bean. Roxy, yes. Uh, the Kanita, a former podcast guest, actually yeah. hooked us up with with Roxy. Um, you know, they're doing a, a music series uh, in Milwaukee uh, for for on the Beer Line Trail, I believe. Um, so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go check that out, and I'm I'm eager to to speak with Roxy. I'm not familiar with Roxy's music. Um, oh, she's awesome. She's done yeah? she's done some things with us in the past. So, yeah, I think you're really gonna enjoy her. She's, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. What, character. What 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 should I ask her about? Oh man, um, she does a lot of uh, really cool kind of rock and uh, acoustic covers. Um, but she's just she's just got style. She's just got um, she's just so much fun. Um, I'll think of some good questions for you. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's just a blast. And then I, I have my own solo show coming out. I know uh, that is um, entitled uh, "Being a Value for Venues." That uh, is just uh, you know I'm just talking on the topic of like. It's the reasons that we are brought into as musicians to venues that we that they hire us is because they they want us to also bring in money to them. <laughs> um, and I mean, if we just go and do a show and leave, um, it's not really a good recipe for being asked back. So, uh, or being, you know, if, if people are in the audience who might be there to hire you for another gig, uh, they might take a second, uh, thought about that. So if you can think about a few things to really set yourself up for being of most value to that venue, the odds of you getting rehired there, the odds of people who see you who are in hiring positions at other places, uh, getting, getting out there. Uh, much better, much bigger. So uh, that is what that episode will be about. I'm looking forward to that because I know there's sometimes, um, I, I think when a musician finds a venue uh, owner that they really connect with, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll often find them playing many shows there, mm -hmm. but there are, are some that are kind of on the other side of it. And, and, you know, I think sometimes musicians um, can, can tend to be critical of those venues. Um, and as you said earlier in this conversation, just like there's more than meets the eye, you know, there's, mm -hmm. there's more than what you see on the surface um, because, you know, their business is not oriented around music. It's oriented around, you know, drink sales and things like that. And, and they're hoping that, um, you know, the music that you play brings in a crowd and potentially uh, exposes your fans to a new, you know, bar or restaurant or cafe or whatever it may be. Um, so I think uh, that that episode will be extremely valuable to musicians and and to music patrons. You know, just appreciating um, the the owners uh, and the teams of the environments that we're getting to experience this 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 joy that that comes from from live music. Um, I know I'm I'm eager to to listen yeah. to that episode and really to just play off of what you were just saying. Um, the 
a lot of musicians will start encouraging more people to come or, you know, just saying and doing all the right things once they've made a connection with the venue, once they've gotten to be friends with the, the venue owner. But it's really uh, in everyone's best interest to do that before you have made friends with the owner. Um, and and you will likely make friends much more quickly. <laughs> and, uh, and then also just, again, you'll, you'll have that job security and, um, and, and reap the rewards all the way around. So. Awesome. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm eager for it for sure. Uh, so yeah, thanks Allison for jamming with me Thank you. Uh, today about all the things that we talked about, you know, it wasn't necessarily a straight line, but I think our conversations are best when they're, they're kind of, you know, wiggly a little bit and uh, loose and casual. And I always enjoy chatting with you and um, hopefully our, our listeners uh, enjoy this episode. So yeah. And if anyone for... listening likes to, you know, these topics, you know, we, um, I would just mention that we're always receptive to uh, topic suggestions or comments on, on what we talk about and feel free to, to leave some in the social media. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks, Allison. And uh, thanks to all of you for listening. And um, yeah, this uh, uh, state, I guess I was going to I was going to say listen to today's episode, but this episode won't be out until after today's episode is out. So Mm -hmm. that doesn't make much sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you'll be hearing this on on Thursday, um, uh, August 2nd, I believe it is. Um, And uh, yeah, so uh, hopefully you all have a great weekend of experiencing music, uh, either at or not at Mile of Music. But if you are out there at Mile of Music, come and find me. Uh, I'd be I'd be happy to 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 chat with you. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Musicians Venture Podcast. Please leave ratings and reviews from wherever you're listening from. Check us out online at themusiciansventure.com for more information on what we have happening, to find past episodes, and ways to get in touch with us. Find us on social media at The Musicians Venture on Facebook and Instagram, and at Musician Venture on Twitter. Like and follow us on all those platforms, and hey, while you're there, engage with and share our content with your friends. The Musician's Venture Podcast is hosted by me, Nick O'Brien, with guest host appearances from Allison M. The podcast is produced by Shannon Coulard, with theme music by Mike Neumeyer. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.